Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Clark, research analyst with Money Markets, here with your weekend edition of the Bull and the Bear podcast. Now, before I start, I do want to make sure you're checking out moneymarkets.com. Uh, go there every day because we, uh, we provide you safe, sound, simple, and smart, profitable investment information for your portfolio. Uh, Chief Investment Strategist Adam O'Dell, who is on today's podcast, as well as Green Zone Fortunes co-editor Charles Sizemore. Also, you can see his bright, shining face uh, on today's podcast if you're watching video. Uh, and, and myself, the rest of our team, we all work very hard each and every day to make sure that we are giving you that information uh, in, in, a, in a concise manner, uh, digestible, and to help you, uh, help you gain, maximize your profits in your portfolio. Uh, and uh, make sure you sign up for our daily e-letter. Uh, you get an e-letter every single day of the week, all seven days of the week. Uh, we, we work hard to make sure we do that for you. And you can uh, sign up for free. Uh, just put in your email address and you get that email sent to you each and every morning. Uh, and you can uh, just go from there and, and, and read away. Uh, also, just so uh, you know, we're, we're actually starting something on Clubhouse. This is a very popular, uh, become a very popular social media app. Uh, that right now is only for Apple users, but like I said, I'm pretty sure they're going to migrate over and in include Android users at, at some point in time. Um, but each and every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, myself and uh, Money and Markets publisher uh, Nate Vandenberg jump on Clubhouse, and we kind of talk about the stock market uh, and you know, look ahead to next week, uh, talk about some of the big items uh, that have gone on in the stock market, what you need to look forward to moving forward. We're going to do a lot more on Clubhouse, I think, uh, including possibly a, a cannabis discussion, uh, I think we're going to try to sweet talk Adam O'Dell into, into you know, carving out some valuable time to, to get on Clubhouse and, and start a room there. Uh, Charles, we'll talk about Charles getting on Clubhouse later, but we're, not, we're just not going to get into that right now. It's kind of a sore source spot with, uh, with us at Money Markets as to why Charles is not on Clubhouse yet. Uh, it's not a big deal, but it, basically just because he doesn't own an Apple, an iPhone. I know, it is a shock. Um, but right now, you know, to, to jump into today's podcast, we're going to take a little bit different approach. You know, typically these weekend podcasts reserve to kind of give you um, our best stock of the week that we're looking at. But, you know, rather than have the three of us, you know, give you those three stocks to look at your portfolio, uh, we thought it was a little more prudent to talk about one of the bigger news items to hit the financial world this year. And in fact, it's, it's been big in terms of size, uh, big by a long shot for a long time. And, and it wasn't quarterly earnings. Of course, quarterly earnings started on Wednesday with financial corporations, uh, you know, kicking off uh, the next quarter of, of, of financial earnings season. Uh, but that wasn't it. That, that wasn't the big thing. You would think it would be, but it wasn't. Uh, instead, it was the highly anticipated initial public offering for Coinbase that hit the market right in the middle of the week. Coinbase, if you're not familiar with that, it is a company that operates a cryptocurrency exchange and manages digital currency wallets. So basically you can go and you can buy cryptocurrency, you can store it in wallet, in your wallet, all on Coinbase's platform. Uh, cryptocurrency investors basically have a one-stop shop for storing, spending, and earning uh, more than 40 different cryptocurrencies through the exchange, including of course, Bitcoin and Ethereum. The company boasts about 2.8 million monthly transacting uh, users, 43 million verified users of its platform, it has about a $456 billion lifetime trading volume uh, and a $90 billion in assets on its platform. That's, of course, according to its uh, SEC filings that it filed just before its IPO. Uh, and the IPO really didn't disappoint at all. I mean, even if, whether you invest in crypto or were interested in it or not, it was a headline-making thing over the course of the week and will be talked about for a while. 
um, because of its rising cryptocurrency, because of the rising cryptocurrency prices for things like Bitcoin and Ethereum, investors didn't mind paying top dollar for the company. The NASDAQ came out on Tuesday night uh, and set its kind of reference price at around $250 a share. We kind of expected it was going to be in that range. Um, however, first few minutes of trading, uh, this company stock hit $430 per share. It pulled back to around 400, traded fairly evenly for a while. And I think uh, as uh, late Wednesday night, uh, as of close, it was around 320, 320 a share, still considerably more than the $250 reference price that the NASDAQ gave it. Now, one thing to note, uh, Coinbase did go public via a direct listing. Uh, this is a little bit different from a traditional IPO in that Coinbase really wasn't looking to raise additional capital uh, because in the direct listing, uh, the company's current investors were selling their existing shares to the public rather than the company issuing new shares to sell. In a traditional IPO, that's what most companies will do is they will issue hundreds of thousands of millions of shares to sell in order to raise capital for, you know, you know working operations, debt payoff, whatever. This was not necessarily the case uh, in terms of Coinbase. To provide a little financial background before I bring in Adam O'Dell and Charles Sizemore, uh, Coinbase had about $522 million in total revenue in 2019. That jumped to 1.2 billion in 2020, 129% increase. Uh, increase for total revenue uh, is mostly due to the price of cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency prices, especially Bitcoin, have kind of been on a pretty strong rise over the last several months. Uh, and because Coinbase's revenue is tied so directly to the price of cryptocurrencies, it has meant a boom for this company. Uh, projections are for the company to hit total revenue of about 5.6 billion by 2023 a 366% jump from its 2020 revenue. Uh, and at the same time uh, that uh, IPOs, uh, the IPO dropped, Federal Reserve Chairman, this is interesting, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell was speaking to the uh, Economic Club of New York, still said cryptocurrencies were a vehicle for speculation. And that's because cryptocurrencies have really not hit the mainstream financial world yet, according to Powell. So uh, Coinbase having its revenue tied so closely to the price of cryptos, it can be a little problematic. Um, uh, but you know, I want to bring in Adam O'Dell, Charles Sizemore. I want to talk about this. And first off, Charles, your first reactions to the Coinbase IPO now that the dust has settled after uh, after the first day or so. What what are your what what, what are your initial thoughts here? Well, I, my initial thought is uh, just it's big. You know, the, the numbers here right off the bat. This company is now roughly in the league of other fintechs like like Square, for example. Uh, market cap of <clears throat> market cap of Coinbase post IPO is you know, between sixty and seventy billion. Market cap of Square is uh, about one hundred and ten ish billion. So Square is still quite a bit bigger, but we're talking kind of within the range, right? That's a big deal. It shows that this company is kind of part of this new generation of of, you know, of financials, you know, fintech. Um, they may be around for a while. Uh, my, my question, of course, is what do they do next? Being a pure uh, just crypto broker, for lack of a better word, that does make them, like, they're completely at the whim of the market price of Bitcoin, as, as goes Bitcoin, well, and other cryptos, but really at the end of the day, Bitcoin's kind of the blue chip of, of, of the group. Sort of as goes Bitcoin, so goes Coinbase. So that does kind of leave them exposed. They do need to kind of branch out into, I don't know, something more comprehensive, I would say, if, in order for them to be like really durable over the long term. I think that's, that's something they need to do. But yeah, I mean, my initial you know, right off the bat impression is um, it's big. Like this is a big company. 
Chief Investment Strategist Adam O'Dell. Uh, what, what were your thoughts? I mean, this was this is a big this is a big deal. Not so, I mean, obviously the price carries a lot of the headlines. You know, when you look at the market valuation initially of 100, 100, 100 billion, that's kind of pared back a little bit to, as Charles said, between 60 and 70 billion. Um, you know, that, that, that is a big number to look at when you're looking at, at a financial uh, news headline. But overall, let's dig a little deeper here. You know, what, you, what, were your, what are your thoughts here on this IPO? Yeah, I mean, even at a, a 70 to 80 billion dollar valuation, uh, that's roughly a 60 to 70. Uh, price to sales ratio, which is astronomical. Um, so my biggest concern is that, and we're, we're kind of saying it's tied to Bitcoin. I want to make kind of a, a distinction here. It's not necessarily tied to the price of Bitcoin. It's not like uh, uh, CoinBank holds Bitcoin in its treasury and, and uh, goes up and down based on the price of Bitcoin, but it's more to do with the trading volume and the volatility around Bitcoin. I used to work for an online brokerage firm, uh, TradeStation Securities, and uh, every single month we monitored our most important metric was what we called darts or daily, uh, daily average revenue trades. So basically, if the market was volatile, uh, traders were trading more actively and they were gen generating more trades. Now, this was over 10 years ago when commissions were more than zero dollars. So um, things have kind of changed for brokerage firms, um, but not so much for the, the crypto uh, brokers. My main concern with uh, Coinbase is that you know, 86% of its revenue is on these trading fees. And right now it earns about 60 basis points, which is 0.6% of the transaction value per trade. And to give you an idea, that's 60 basis points. The, the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ Exchange make about one-tenth of one basis point. So the fees that uh, Coinbase's trade is um, charging is just ast astronomical. And I, I find it hard to believe that as the market for crypto matures that they're not going to invite competition and those fees are going to compress down maybe to zero or very, very close to it, uh, just like we saw in the traditional brokerage industry. So uh, right now, the, those huge numbers, the 1.1, 1.2 billion dollars of revenue in 2020, I think it was 1.8 billion dollars of revenue in the first quarter of 2021. Um, those numbers are, are huge, but it's based on the, the huge, uh, the fat margin that they earn and the fact that 86% um, of the revenue is tied to that um, those trading fees and that uh, basically volume has exploded in, in crypto uh, because of the high, you know, the, the price increases. So uh, that's my concern there. I did read a piece, uh, a discounted cash flow piece that said that for the current valuation to make sense, uh, they would have to grow their revenues 50% compounded for the next seven years for that valuation to make sense. So, uh, you know, I think that there's a difference between a good company, a good market opportunity, like a good sector. I mean, certainly crypto is an emerging sector that uh, a lot of people believe in. Uh, but and there's a difference between good companies, good sectors and good stocks. You know, so if you get, get into a stock at a bad valuation, it's a bad stock. And I think that's probably uh, how this is going to shake out. Now, I, I found it interesting that at the exact same time that the Coinbase IPO was launching on the NASDAQ Global, uh, the Fed chair comes out and says that cryptocurrencies are still vehicles for speculation. I don't know that he's necessarily wrong there. Um, you know, the, the, the thing here is, is that, you know, you can't go to your gas station and pay for gas with a crypto. You can't go to the store, or most stores anyway, and, and pay for your purchases with a cryptocurrency. You can't use Ethereum or Bitcoin to, to, to buy those things. So you're, you're still talking about a, a, a realm here with cryptocurrency that, uh, you know, is still not widely accepted. And that's kind of a challenge, I would think. And, and I don't know, Adam, do you agree with Powell's assessment about cryptocurrencies being speculative the way they are? 
Uh, yes, for now, and here's why. Uh, you know, for for it to be viewed as a currency uh, like fiat currency, like widely accepted U.S. dollars or whatnot, um, you kind of have to have two criteria. One is uh, medium of exchange, which is kind of what you got at. Um, you certainly can buy some things in Bitcoin, but it's not ubiquitous. You can't buy everything in Bitcoin. So that's still an emerging currency in that sense. Um, you also need to be able to call it a store of value. And uh, basically what meaning if you put, you know, $100,000 worth of uh, money into Bitcoin, uh, if it, will it hold its value? And, and basically the volatility in Bitcoin right now uh, makes it kind of hard to uh, the case that it's, it's a store of value. Um, so that being said, I think it is more of a speculative vehicle right now. Um, so I, I don't think that he was wrong in calling it that. I think it, you could make the case that it's an emerging currency. It's an emerging store of value and medium of exchange. But I think that uh, it's kind of in, a, in an early stage where it can't be, uh, you know, it's not going to dethrone the dollar or any major fiat currency uh, at the moment. So that's certainly the, the storyline, but I think we're very early in that story. Charles, you know, is, is Powell right here? Is, is, he, is he dead on when, he, when the Fed chair says that, you know, there's still a lot of speculation in terms of crypto? Yes, it is an object of speculation, but to be fair, pretty well everything is an object of speculation when interest rates are at zero. Uh, even your own house, you know, people are basically flipping. Uh, everything is an object to be flipped right now. Uh, so it, it's, yes, he's correct. Cryptocurrencies are absolutely an object of speculation, but so is everything else. So I don't know how we ever really get out of this because you have seen um, when whatever the Fed tends to kind of, the Fed has not made any, any hard moves to, to tighten it, you know, lately, of course, but whenever they even just whisper slightly less dovish things, that does tend to send a few ripples uh, in, in, into, into the prices of major cryptos. So I, I don't know, I, to me, it just looks like crypto in general, I, I think the concept is here to stay, but the price action we've, we've seen in it lately is very much a product of speculation, which is in turn a product of very you know, easily, readily available capital. So you know, we'll, we'll see where this goes, but um, I think so long as money remains cheap or free, this speculative uh, environment we're in probably isn't going anywhere. And I just wonder, and this is not necessarily a question I'm posing, but just in the back of my mind, some maybe some food for thought here, and that is the role of central banks. Uh, you know, in, in China, the China, the central bank of China uh, is already testing out kind of a digital yuan, uh, which is their their base currency. Uh, you know, to to move that into more of a digital format, very similar to a crypto. If more central banks, uh, like the ECB uh, in Europe, uh, you know, the Fed here, uh, you know, other 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 central banks uh, across the world start adopting that kind of, you know, posture, you know, could that drive out, you know, Ethereum and Bitcoin and things like that as people go to more of a backed cryptocurrency that's, that has a, a backing of a, of a central bank? Uh, probably a conversation to have at a later time. But here's another question, though. If, you know, if we agree here that, that, that cryptocurrency is still a, a speculative uh, play here, then Charles, tell me why did investors pile into Coinbase at such a high price within minutes of the IPO launching? If it is that speculative, why did it draw that kind of attention? Well, you just answered your own question. It's because they're speculating. But uh, no, it, it's, there, there's a lot of nuance here. So one of the reasons that, as Adam pointed out, one of the reasons that Coinbase uh, gets so much attention is they're one of the few brokerages that actually makes money on trading. 
um, you know, the, 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 the stock brokerages really don't make money on trading anymore. They make money on securities lending and, and playing with interest rates and stuff like that. You know, the, the brokerage is free. Well, Coinbase is actually able to charge for brokerage and charge quite handsomely precisely because this is still sort of a niche market. Um, now, it isn't going to be as much of a niche market going forward. I mean, already, you can kind of dabble in a few, uh, a few cryptocurrencies in PayPal, Square, Robinhood, uh, you, you know, Bank of uh, New York Mellon has, has indicated that they're going to start custody, custodying, I think I just butchered the English language there, providing custody services for, for cryptocurrencies. So um, you, you are going to have more, comp you already do, and you're going to continue to have more competition there. Um, what's, where also this gets interesting is the more mainstream crypto goes, the more readily, like I, I've dabbled in crypto, like I've bought a little here and there. The reason I haven't bought more is it's still kind of hard to do. I, don't, I, I can't do it in my, my main IRA accounts and things like that. I have to go open these, like, these Coinbase accounts and whatnot. And it's just, it isn't as convenient. So I just, I haven't done as much of it. So if I wanted to speculate on just the, you know, or invest in just kind of the, the long-term growth of crypto, one way to do that is to buy stocks of companies that are tangentially related to crypto, such as Coinbase. So it, it's, you know, why are people jumping into Coinbase? Because perhaps they want more exposure to Bitcoin or other crypto. And it's for what, for any number of reasons, it's hard for them to get that. So they're instead going through the stock market with something like, like Coinbase. Now where this becomes kind of a, a vicious cycle is as crypto becomes more ubiquitous, it becomes, becomes easier to buy. The day you can just log into your Schwab or TD Ameritrade or you know, whoever your online broker is, the day you can just log into them and, and buy crypto easily and cheaply, your need to have a separate Coinbase account really kind of goes away. That, you know, you're gonna have fee compression there at Coinbase, all of a sudden the stock becomes less interesting as well. So it's, Coinbase is really interesting today, but it is fragile. Adam, was this a hype? A hype thing in terms for investors was was Coinbase's IPO and this price run up was it hype? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hype. It's it's FOMO. It's fear of missing out. It's it's people that want to trade what's in the headlines. I mean, we're in the era of GameStop, and uh, it's a it's a wholly whole, whole different issue as far as the mechanics is. You know, there's not short interest in, in Coinbase, but as far as just you know chasing the next hot thing and. And, uh, you know, really, if you think about the fragility, I mentioned that 86% of their revenue comes from the trading fees. And, and uh, you know, crypto is kind of, on, especially Bitcoin, is kind of on this four-year cycle where you get these huge run-ups and then, uh, you know, deep pullbacks and kind of sideways consolidation periods. And if you look back to 2018, uh, Bitcoin fell like something of like 70, 72%. And in that year, um, the number of users on Coinbase's platform fell by 67%, and the volume of trading activity fell by 80%. So if you're talking about a company that earns 86% of its revenue on trading, and, and one year uh, in a down market in crypto, you can have an 80% contraction in, in that volume and that, that revenue. Um, you're talking about we're already at a 10 times valuation. Basically, Coinbase, uh, not, not IPO'd, but they direct listed at a valuation that was 10 times its private uh, listed valuation. So automatically, uh, you have private investors. And the whole reason that, you know, that they're doing a direct listing is they don't need to raise cash. But that also, there's not a lockup period. So when there's an IPO, there's a lockup period where insiders can't sell their stock for the first six months. That's not a stipulation of a direct listing. So there's an estimated more than 100 million shares of, uh, of stock to be sold from insiders, uh, and they can do that from day one. 
Uh, so, you know, wouldn't you, if you've made more than a 10x return basically overnight, uh, sell some of your shares to the to the public who wants to get in now because every you know everybody and their brother is talking about it. So that's really um, you know a little bit of skepticism there, but I think that it's definitely a hype trade. It's de definitely a speculative trade, and uh, certainly I mean I think that Coinbase is kind of a first mover. Um, they're they're going to gain some competition. I, I still expect them to be around and and to do fine over the long run, but it's just I have a hard time paying this uh, this valuation. Uh, you know, and the other thing that in terms of their direct listing, no underwriters. So they right. save a lot of money right. in terms of not having to pay a Goldman Sachs or, or a UBS investment or, or, right. or a Citibank or anything like that, any type of fees uh, for underwriting, uh, underwriting the deal. So they didn't have to worry about that at all. Um, one last question to give you guys uh, just a, a brief time before we cut things out. Uh, Adam O'Dell, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but let me, let me get a little more depth from you. What is the future of Coinbase in your opinion? Uh, I think it'll be one of many. I think that Charles made a good point that um, as crypto becomes more mainstream, a lot of the more established players will gain market share. Um, and, you know, Coinbase will basically kind of merge into a more traditional uh, brokerage model with much, much lower fees. And uh, they're going to have to consider how to diversify out of that 86% reliance on, uh, on trading fees. So, um, you know, like my recommendation would be to watch the company, but don't necessarily buy in right now. And, uh, and see how, you know, I think that crypto is, and blockchains uh, in particular, the technology is here to stay. It's just a matter of, uh, do you want to buy in at this part of the cycle? And, uh, you know, after everything's run up, you know, 10x or more, I think that um, certainly you're reading the headlines about it because that's how, uh, dare I call it a bubble, but that's how bubbles work. So um, I would be kind of more uh, an observer of the market as of right now. Um, if you think that you want to invest in it over the next five to 10 years, start educating yourself on it. Uh, but I would not um, be rushing out to buy it just for uh, for FOMO reasons. Charles Sizemore, your thoughts on uh, your your thoughts on the future of Coinbase? I would say five years from now, perhaps even less, they will either acquire, be acquired by, or otherwise merge with a traditional brokerage firm, and it may be branded Coinbase, but it's just going to be a diversified brokerage. You can buy your stocks, your bonds, your whatever, your mutual funds, and your crypto, all in one place. Is that worth paying a monster premium for? No, it's not. Uh, but you know, that's you know, what, what could happen in the short term? Well, we'll see. If if Bitcoin continues to blast off, this could be a really fun trade. But I would say it's a trade. It's not really. I agree with Adam. It's not really long-term investment material at, at these prices. And the last thing on that, uh, reiterating what he said about the direct listing. You do have to, to question a company's motivations for going public. Why are they going public? It's interesting that they're not really raising capital. That means you know, they don't really see the need to invest new money in the business. This really is an opportunity for the people that founded the company to cash out. Well, if they're cashing out, you know, what, what does that tell you? You have to ask yourself why and why now? You know, and, and you know, for me, I know there's a lot of hype with crypto. I, you know, I watch crypto. I, I'm just, you know, until it gets more widely accepted, I'm just not there yet. I'd like to see blockchain technology, which I think I, I agree with both of you. It is here to stay. It's, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, I'd like to see it become much more widely accepted because I think there's a lot of value to it. Um, it's just not, you know, it, it's just hard to get your head wrapped around exactly how to implement it, how to use it and what it can be used for, especially on a granular level. Uh, you know, a big corporation using blockchain is one thing. Uh, the three of us using blockchain is completely different. So, uh, you know, I'd like to see that, you know, become more widely accepted 
and 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 then I might be a little more excited about something like like uh, like a crypto or a Coinbase or something like that. But uh, you know, everyone has their opinion, and we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, I, I tend to agree. I, I think I, I think within the next couple of years, Coinbase is going to be swallowed up by a Charles Schwab or uh, you know Toronto Dominion TD Bank is going to buy it and, and roll it up or. You can see it become part of uh, J.P. Morgan, something like that. I think they are. I think they're going to be acquired and, and become uh, an auxiliary arm of, uh, of a much larger corporation. I, can, I, I completely see that happening. I really do. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it's big news. It's something everyone's talking about, and I think it's something worth keeping your eye on. Is it something to buy into right now? Uh, I'm kind of with you guys now. I, I don't think so. I, I think it's kind of a sit back and see and, uh, and, and, and wait what happens and you know, see if maybe there's a little more development in terms of the overall crypto market. But I do want to thank uh, Green Zone Fortunes co-editor Charles Sizemore, uh, Chief Investment Strategist Adam Oje uh, Odell for joining us on uh, the weekend podcast here. For the bull and the bear, a reminder, go to moneymarkets.com uh, each and every day. Get safe, sound, smart, simple, profitable investment information uh, for your portfolio. Uh, check us out. Uh, if you're not, if you're listening to us as a podcast, check us out on YouTube. Make sure you uh, go youtube.com, type in the bull, uh, money and markets. You'll find us with the bull and the bear logo. Make sure you subscribe. Click that notification bell and uh, get notified each and every time we roll out a new video. We've got tons of videos coming out all the time. Our Ask Adam Anything uh, series where I literally get to sit down and ask Adam O'Dell anything. Any question you pose, I get to ask him. And it's, it's, it's good stuff. He's commented on what is the meaning of life. I'll just tell you that's how far it goes. So it's not just about stocks with Adam. Uh, it's, it's much deeper and Zen-like with, with Adam. So make sure you check that out. Charles Sizemore has uh, his own video series, Investing with Charles. Uh, Charles is a big dividend guy. And I'll tell you what, if you want great insight into dividend stocks and what you should do with dividend stocks, this is something you don't want to miss. It's Investing with Charles, one of our playlists on uh, our YouTube channel. So for uh, Charles Sizemore, Adam O'Dell, I am Matt Clark, Research Analyst with Money and Markets and your host of the Bull and the Bear Podcast. Until next time, everyone, safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you.